You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt McGacky, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Sarp Kesky of Bipolar Architecture. There's this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! You're listening to Fly in the Call, and today's guest is Sunday Morning. The band has been around since 2016, and gradually transitioned from a standard pop-punk band to us to find somewhat darker sound, with its own unique edge. The band recently released their EP, Nothing Matters, which shores up their current sound and is undoubtedly their most cohesive output to date. Today's conversation hits on the writing process, releasing the EP during a pandemic, connecting with fans without being able to play live shows, and mental health. Enjoy. So I guess a little bit inside baseball for the listeners. Um, we originally recorded back in May when things were kind of a bit uncertain as far as the release of uh, the new Sunday morning EP, Nothing Matters. And I'm just curious what's been going on since then and how is it kind of like releasing an EP during this pandemic? So like, you know, it, we were like back and forth on it for so long. Um, I think we talked about that before. Um, but, you know, we just thought that, you know, it, we're not going to be able to play shows. Like, let's just release it. Let's just get it out. Um, you know, cause you know, just making best of what we had during that time. Um, release fun really well. I thought a lot of good feedback. It was super solid, but it was just weird because, you know, usually when you release something like that, that, you know, you, you put so much like literal blood, sweat and tears into like, you want to be able to play a show and you want to be able to, you know, play those songs in front of people and like, you know, just have a whole nother level of connection with the songs and, and people listening to them. So I guess it was like really hard to not have that, but you know, for what it was worth, like I thought the release went really well and I'm super stoked and I think people were stoked for it. For sure. Yeah. And I, mean, I know you did like um, a live stream like a week or so ago. How did that kind of end up going? Oh, that went really well. That was, that was um, with five by two records up in Massachusetts, uh, right outside Boston. That was super fun. Uh, we, we recorded that session back in like, oh my God, I don't even remember, July, June or something. But uh, yeah, they, they had a really cool idea. Like, you know, since you can't play shows, like, you know, have a very like, uh, kind of like exclusive live stream where like, it's not going to be put up on YouTube, you know, at least for a while. And they wanted to like treat it as a show. So like, you know, you had to, you know, it was only that one time, like going to a show. So it was a really cool idea. And um, we we're super stoked to get on that. We had a blast and, and it just worked out well with the timing. You know, it was, it was a couple of weeks after the release and we got to play new songs. So that was definitely fun. Nice. And as far as the, like the recording itself, how did it kind of feel? Was it a similar kind of like release as playing the live show or uh, like, was it kind of more like the, a studio feel? I want to say both. Um, like you know, since we hadn't 
played a show in 2020. I think our last show was like December 2019. Um, that was like our first time going all out, you know, in that, in that sense. So like, we were like hella sweaty. Uh, I was like super out of breath. <laughs> it was just, you know, but it felt good. It, you know, just being able to like, look at, you know, the rest of the band members, you know, and just be like, you know, we're actually playing these songs and people are going to see this eventually. And, um, you know, it was, it was just a super good feeling. Uh, but it was weird like like watching it that was like the first time I've ever watched myself <laughs> like but, you know like it was so weird but it was super cool and I think people were like super stoked on it and, and you know like they were so professional five by two was so professional and like super nice people uh the quality the recording quality was excellent like, um and just like it was just a great experience awesome and I mean with the songs being kind of like kind of like wrapped up recording at, at the beginning of the year kind of like right before things kind of hit how is your kind of like perception of the ep or like the meaning behind some of the songs changed since then um I, I feel like uh i feel like the ep was like worth it more in a sense and and like you know like we're gonna be able to look back on this ep and be like you know this is so unique and i think you know any band releasing music during quarantine could you know take something away like you know like this was such a unique experience you know that's basically never happened before you know and just be like we released music during the middle of a fucking global pandemic and like you know we made the best out of it and and uh you know so i think it'll it'll hold a uh a special place in all of our hearts and shit you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. just the circumstances around it yeah, for sure. And I mean, I feel like the kind of like reaction to some of the stuff that's been released, you know, with people kind of having so much more time on their hands, I feel like there's also like a different kind of connection with like the music that's been coming out. Um, like, have you kind of like noticed a, a difference in the way that like fans are reacting to the the new EP? Yeah, so I think, um, I think this is the most like vocal people have been about one of our releases. You know, because a lot of people, like, find out about us from shows and stuff, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I felt like we had to be more active on social media, mm-hmm. um, you know, just given the circumstances. And I think that kind of played out in our benefit because, you know, we were able to reach, a, you know, a bunch of people and uh, people who have never heard of our band before. And, and, um, and like you said, like, you know, no one's going to shows, no one's finding new bands other than on Twitter, Instagram, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> You know, so so I, I think that was really cool. And how was it kind of like making those connections like over the internet versus, you know, how you typically do at shows? Um, I, I do enjoy like meeting people um, and, you know, just being able to see the reaction on people's faces if they, you know, really like our songs or if they really just don't give a shit. Like, you know, <laughs> I... Uh, you know, I cherish that, you know what I mean? Because like in the end, it's like, a, you know, something we made and, and being able to see people's reactions is just like, you know, it's kind of why you do this shit, you know what I mean? To build connections and, and have people, you know, emotionally resonate with your music. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could still do that on, on like, like I said, like Twitter and Instagram. Um, it's cool though. It's different. It's uh. <laughs> But it's cool, you know what I mean? Because like, cause like everyone, you know, if you tweet something, all your followers see your tweet, you know what I mean? So like if someone's tweeting about Sunday morning, like a bunch of people are going to see it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, 
it has its benefits, but I definitely miss like, you know, just having people come up and be like, Hey, you know, you played a really good set or like, you know, if I could tell someone thinks we suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something you would have thought you would miss uh, six months yeah, ago, right. is it? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely do miss that too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and I mean, my introduction to Sunday morning was actually like through the stickers. I, I think off the top of my head, I can probably think about like five or six drive throughs that there's a sticker stuck in. And, you know, eventually I was kind of like, well, I guess I really should check them out. Like I keep seeing them <laughs> everywhere. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about how like that got started and what kind of like the, the thought process behind it was? Yeah, so our bass player, Parker, that was kind of like his thing. Like he was all for like the guerrilla marketing tactics, you know, just getting as much stickers as we can for the cheapest price and just (laughs) slapping them everywhere. You know, like very like punk, uh, you know, early stages of punk, just sticking stickers everywhere. Um, And like a bunch of people like notice them too, you know what I mean? Like it it's weird when you're when you're in the process of doing it and you're like is this really worth it you know what i mean like <laughs> i fucking put up a hundred stickers today and you know what i mean like but um i mean it, it does work and like you know it's just a thing you got to do it's fun <laughs> super glad that he he like was so adamant about doing it too <laughs> for sure yeah and i mean sunday morning has been around since 2016 and um i think something that stands out to me about the band is that you've kind of gone through a couple of different changes in your sound um which i feel like is especially unique for a band you know who doesn't even have like a full length out um can you tell me a little bit about that and like kind of the mindset behind uh you know like the writing and the, the sound of the band itself yeah so like the early um early stages of the band we did go through a lineup change uh 20 end of 2018 maybe early 2019 and we had two singers in the beginning um and we i think like you know we were very like focused on pop punk and then kind of like you know because that's what we grew up listening to you know what i mean like you know early green day fallout boy newfound glory like all those bands and I think like when we started the band, we just wanted to play those songs. You know what I mean? Just, you know, let's play a Green Day song. Let's play a Fall Out Boy song. So I think the early stages of like writing were, you know, kind of like an imitation of like, you know, hey, I want to sound like Fall Out Boy or, you know, Newfound Glory. So I think that kind of channeled itself in our early releases. And I think as we grew as musicians, and as writers and you know writing lyrics and stuff like that i think you know we kind of got some self actualization of like you know <laughs> what we're capable of what we're, you know what direction we want to go in and um you know i think we kind of figured that out around uh in all honesty um that was yeah i forget what year that was 2018 19 i forget <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I think we kind of like figured it out then. And then our other singer and guitar player left um, to pursue his own uh, things that he wanted to do. Super, you know, we're, we're still super cool with Dan and, uh, you know, we support his music and shit. So, you know, it was, it was a no hard feelings kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But when Dom came, our guitarist now, I think that's when we kind of like, you know, figured it all out completely and just like hit the ground running because then we released ailment and elon and while we were recording ailment ailment and elon we were writing nothing matters 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that transition was super smooth and, and, uh, you know, I think we kind of just honed in and we're just like, you know what, this is, this is the music that resonates with us. Um, and we're going to fucking do it. You know? Awesome. Yeah. I feel like, you know, that, like you mentioned, Ailman and Elon kind of being that turning point. And then I feel like that it really led the way to nothing matters being kind of like the, the like the most solid release that you guys have, um, to date. And I'm, I'm curious if you could tell me a little bit more about how, you know, kind of like the lineup change affected like the writing and recording process. Yeah. So, um, usually like with Dan and the band, we would split, like he would write a song, I would write a song. And, um, you know, like when two different people are, you know, writing songs, you're going to get different things. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I just think, um, you know, once we were all together, you know, like, and just had the right mindset of where we wanted to go. And with Dom, you know, joining the band and, and his background and, and, uh, you know, kind of like that post-hardcore emo sound, I think like we were all just like super focused and uh, it kind of just like came really easy mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the writing process of of like, you know, Ailman, Elon and Nothing Matters. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned like kind of the the early days being like the pop punk, newfound glory, Blink-182 type stuff. What were kind of like some of the, the newer influences that came in uh, for the newer stuff? Um, man, there's so many bands like, you know, we're super into like Hawthorne Heights taking back Sunday. Um, and then a couple of us are super into like hardcore and like, you know, Defeater is one of our favorite bands. Um, there's just so many fucking bands, you know what I mean? Like, and even bands like, uh, you know, bands who are like currently in the scene, like the new microwave album was super inspiring in the sense of like you know just trying new shit and just you know doing your own thing and and i think like uh you know all of our collective influences kind of shine in in the newer stuff mm-hmm. um and i think like that's the best part about writing music is you know you're gonna get uh something different from everyone and i i think that's like one of the coolest things about our band is that everyone has different tastes and uh, they all kind of come together and mesh. And sometimes they don't, you know, but, like, <laughs> you know, the stuff we record and we release is the good shit, but, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like the kind of like breakdown of genres kind of like led to some really exciting music in the past few years. And uh, I'm curious, what are your kind of like thoughts on, on genre in general? It's so tough. You know, sometimes I'm just like, there is no genres, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> just make music, you know? And then sometimes I'm like, well, I, I feel like just having that slight broad category kind of just like makes it easier for people who are looking for, you know, like looking for bands and stuff. Like if you really like a hardcore band, like, you know, you're going to obviously look for hardcore bands and stuff. So just like, you know, and even post hardcore and emo and, and stuff like that, like, um you know it's all relevant it's all subjective i think <laughs> but um you know i think like i said sometimes I, I i feel like genres shouldn't even be a thing but you know i think it, i think it helps out sometimes yeah and does that uh does it really kind of come into play like during the writing process um 
sometimes you know sometimes we'll we'll be writing a song and it'll be like way out of left field you know what i mean like <laughs> it'll just uh it's like it's you know and i think the other day we were actually writing a new song and uh parker was just like this feels like a completely different genre and i was like oh shit you know what i mean <laughs> but so i mean it definitely comes up and i think it's something to be cognizant about um yeah but like you know i i like i said like we we just kind of you know i'll bring a skeleton of a song and we kind of just do it all together and and whatever we make and we think sounds good and you know resonates with us we'll do it you know <laughs> Nice. Yeah. And I mean, you, you mentioned the line of change earlier and kind of like the biggest part being you taking over, you know, sole vocal duty. I'm curious, you know, what was that kind of like transition like for you and what was like the learning curve for you? So like the biggest thing was like, we would play an old song live and I'd have to do both parts. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. Like, I can't do this. <laughs> you know, so it was like, it was like very intimidating at first. And, and uh, you know, but like, you, you know, you practice, you get used to it. Um, you kind of, I think the biggest thing for me was getting comfortable with my own voice and, you know, realizing what I can and can't do and not trying to go overboard. Um, Cause I also do play guitar. So, you know, I try not to get too complex with, you know, my, you know, between my guitar playing and my, when I'm singing. Um, so I, I kind of just like find what's best for me. And, mm -hmm. um, I think that was like the biggest learning curve was just finding what works for me and finding what's best for the song. Cause in the end, like that's really all that matters. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like your vocal style has changed a lot too. in you know, the course of the band, like how did you kind of, you know, start to develop, you know, your own sound? Um, well, so in the beginning I, I, I didn't, I honestly had no idea that I could like scream at all. <laughs> so when I kind of realized that I could do that, um, I'm still like learning how to properly do it. Um, sometimes I feel like I got it. And then sometimes I feel like, oh my God, like my throat is ripping. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, like being able to, you know, control my screams or yells and blend them in with like, you know, the melodic sound um, of clean vocals. I think that was like the biggest breakthrough for me to kind of like finding my my spot and, you know, and how I could work it in a song. And is, is it kind of like easier in the live setting or like uh, in the, the composition side of things? Um, you know, so, so when I'm writing melodies, I, I try not to overthink because when I overthink it just, you know, I just, I feel like I just ruin it. And, and uh, you know, I feel like that in a lot of aspects of my life, but uh, um, you know, I, I try to just, you uh, be as basic as I can with it. And, and if I feel like a moment where, you know, a scream would be acceptable or, you know, would maybe make, you know, the, this section of the song better um, if it's like more aggressive or something, um, you know, then I'll, I'll be able to do it. So I, I you know, a lot of that comes out of uh, like practicing the songs live with the band, mm -hmm. um, you know, in, in the practice area just you know trying to see what works and what doesn't and then you know once you figure that out and then you just it's easier to just record it <laughs> <laughs> for sure and, and i mean 
I feel like in throughout Sunday morning, there's kind of been a lot of themes of kind of like stagnancy and isolation. Um, I'm curious, could you tell me a little bit about like about that and kind of like why that kind of comes through for you? Yeah. So, you know, that I, I feel like, um, you know, like <laughs> you just, uh, there's times when you just feel stuck. And I think that's mostly like, you know, something that I've dealt with, you know, my entire life you know, just dealing with, you know, mental health and, and stuff like that. You know, it's just, I feel like it's a very good way of coping for me to just be able to write about things and be able to sing them. Um, I feel like it helps me cope in that sense. But like, you know, I feel like a lot of people experience stagnancy and, and, uh, you know, feeling like you're, you should be doing more. So, you know, if, if people could connect with, you know, that message throughout, you know, our songs and shit. And like, that's, you know, that's what it's all about. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I feel like that's something a lot of people have especially been feeling, you know, during the pandemic, especially at the start, like people feeling like, Oh, I'm, I'm not doing anything. Like, what am I doing? This, this is <laughs> just like a waste. But like, how is that kind of like played in for you personally or for the band? Yeah. Like, you know, this whole thing has been super, super hard you know, like, like I said, like, there's, there's not much to look forward to. Um, so, you know, just trying like new things. I mean, the release was like something to look forward to. So I felt like I had, you know, a lot to do in terms of that, in terms of like, you know, reaching out to people to, you know, see if they want to listen to it, uh, getting merch stuff ready, you know, just trying to stay proactive, but yeah, quarantine's been super hard mentally. Um, and I, I feel like it's been that way for the whole band too, you know, cause like shows are something that you look forward to so much, you know, like writing the songs and, and, uh, and making them is, is a huge part, but like being able to get on stage, um, and just play to people, even if it's like fucking four people, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just, uh, you know, there's nothing like it. So it's, it's been super tough. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's for a lot of bands, it seems like kind of like the, the writing portion of being in a band is kind of like the means to the end of of being able to play that live show <laughs> yeah yeah 100 <laughs> percent for sure <laughs> nice. yeah and, and so i mean one of the standout tracks on the ep for me is uh she took ecstasy in paris and she's never been the same and um i was curious if you could just tell me a little about how that one kind of like came together for you um yeah so that was i think that was one of the last songs maybe second to last song we wrote for the record it's it's like uh it's really mostly about um you know we tried to keep it upbeat like we wanted to keep a an upbeat song in 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 the ep but i feel like it's uh you know it's the lyrics really it's about you know like losing you know as you're getting older you know you grow up and you you know you have people who you're super close with and like uh you know you fucking tell them everything like they know your whole life and, um, you know, as time goes on, like they slowly drift away and, you know, people just lose touch. And, and, uh, it's weird to think that like, you know, they knew so much about you and you probably knew so much about them. And like, now you never talk anymore. So that, that's what that song's about. And like, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of fucking sad, you know what I mean? Like shit happens and it's kind of fucking sad, but, uh, you know, we tried to keep it upbeat and, and, uh, we have that cool little bridge during the song 
Um, but yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite songs to play live. And, and uh, I think that's one of my favorite songs on the record too. And, and, and burn it down is kind of like the, it's almost like the title track. Like that's where the, where the title comes from is the lyrics on that song. Um, I'm curious how that one kind of came together. Yeah. So <laughs> that's uh, I think that was maybe one of the first or second ones we wrote. So like, I'm super into old horror movies, like the universal monsters, like 1930s to 1940s um, horror movies. And I remember I was watching Frankenstein one day and I wanted to write a song about Frankenstein, like the movie. And, you know, that's kind of how that came about through like the perspective of the monster in the movie. The bridge is like kind of his perspective of, you know, how he accidentally throws that girl into the water and she drowns. And then hence the whole nothing matters part after that. Um, but yeah, that was like, that was a super big song for us uh, in terms of like stepping out of our comfort zone, you know, instrumentally. And, and especially for me, stepping out of my comfort zone, you know, cause usually when I write songs, it's, it's off of experience and my feelings and, and stuff like that. So that was like the first song I ever wrote that wasn't how I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of weird, but I'm super happy how it turned out. For sure, yeah, and I mean the the fact that it uh, you know ended up playing kind of that that role in the naming of the EP is kind of cool too. Like that it was that extra step that you know, and then you used it in such a prominent position. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah, and I feel like you know when I originally found the band, uh, something that kind of stood out to me was the the art direction, especially on the the pair of EPs. Uh, anything that can can go wrong will and everything that could go right did but I feel like in general you guys have a very you know keen eye for the aesthetic side of things the artwork side of things and I know you've been working on you know some merch to go with the EP as well that kind of like all ties in and I'm just curious if you tell me a little bit about how you kind of you know approach that side of the band yeah so we always you know we always pride ourselves on like the visual aspect of music, you know what I mean? And I think like the coolest part about that and sometimes the hardest part is, uh, you know, we all sit down and we all discuss it. Like it's very, I feel like it's very thought out. Um, you know, sometimes we'll just get a random idea and we'll be like, that's sick. Let's do it. But we try to, you know, we try to have meaning behind things and we, you know, we try to make it purposeful. So, you know, being able to sit down with everyone and, and, you know, be like, hey, like, let's talk about what we want to do for the EP artwork for Nothing Matters, you know, and it, it took us a while to kind of decide on what we wanted to do. But, um, you know, I was super stoked with how that turned out. Um, and I'm just glad that, like, you know, we all get to do it together. And uh, although it's it's sometimes hard, like, we'll be like, you know, since there's only four of us, like if it's a two and two vote, like, you know, someone's just got to fucking, you know, bite the bullet. But, uh, you know, it, it's always super purposeful. You know, all, we, we always try to plan things out in that sense. Nice. Yeah. And what was kind of some of the, the specific thoughts behind the, the artwork for the EP? So we, we wanted to do the Ouroboros snake in term, you know, it, because of it's like a cycle um, and it's never ending. Um, so we thought that that kind of tied in with nothing matters 
<laughs> we got like super deep into it. Like, I don't think we've ever like explained it in public before, but like, <laughs> um, you know, like the, the, you know, I don't want to like get into religion or anything, but like, you know, the fact that you live and then you die and, and, and what happens when you're dead. I know it, it, like there's so many different possibilities, outcomes, whatever you want to call it, you know, and, and that's, uh, that was kind of like one of the things that we wanted to tie in with the Ouroboros is like, maybe it's never ending. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, life is a cycle. So that's why the, we thought that that tied in with nothing matters. Yes. And, um, I mean, I'm very much like an album person, which I, I know sometimes kind of at odds with the way the music industry works in 2020 or, you know, even the way like some bands prefer to write. Um, but I was like hearing the kind of like individual mindsets behind, you know, going for singles and EPs versus going for an album. So I'm just curious kind of like what, you know, went into the decision to make no- Nothing Matters an EP. Um, so, you know, we did the, you know, we did the EP um, in all honesty. And, you know, I think our plans after that were to do an album. Uh, We were going to do a full length. But then when Dan left the band, you know, we kind of just took a step back and, and, you know, we kind of were just like, let's just hold off. Um, We got Dom in, we started writing songs and, uh, and, you know, the sound changed uh, substantially, I'd say. (laughs) Um, but, you know, I, I think at that point we were just like, you know, we got to get some shit out that has Dom on it, you know, uh, just to like showcase that, you know, this is who we are and this is what it's going to be going forward. So I think like, you know, we had the, we had ailment and Elon written and we already had those recorded. So we were just like, let's just put them out as, as singles and then we'll do an EP with Dom and, uh, you know, everything worked out super good, you know, Dom's the shit. (laughs) Um, so, you know, everything's super good. And, and, uh, you know, now, now our plan is to write a full length and, uh, that'll probably be the next thing on our agenda. Nice. Nice. And I mean, I I know you said you, you've been working on some new stuff. Um, where kind of like, are you in the process of that? Yeah. So we, we have a, we have a couple songs, we have a bunch of songs. How many is a bunch? Would you say four <laughs> is a bunch? I think so. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'd say four, four to five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll constitute that as a bunch. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got like four, four, four or five songs written now. Um, I think, you know, the tentative plan right now is to do like, let's try to get like 12, 13 written. And then whenever we're ready to go into the studio, we'll, we'll record 10. So, you know, when that happens, who knows? <laughs> you know fucking i feel like everything's up in the air with every band you know what i mean For like sure, yeah so yeah we're just chilling we're we're uh we're writing songs staying busy <laughs> nice and as far as like the sound is it kind of like continuing in a similar direction as uh nothing matters yeah so we have we have you know songs that i would say would fit on nothing matters you know what i mean like if if we added on to it you know we definitely have songs that would fit um, and then we, we have some songs that are like kind of different, um, you know, and, and it's just us trying new things, you know, if they work, they work, if they don't, they don't, you know, I'm not going to try to like force anything, um, <laughs> but you know, we're always down to try new things. We're always down to experiment, but yeah, I, I think, you know, the ones that we have now are super cool. So I'm, I'm stoked to see, you know, in the next 
however long it takes to write them, you know, what, what'll come of it. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, have you kind of been like navigating the, the, the writing and the practicing process uh, with, with COVID and everything? Yeah. So like when it first hit, I had you know, a shitload of time. So, you know, I, I just played guitar and wrote a bunch of songs and like, you know, I had a bunch of voice memos that were like a minute long of just like ideas and stuff. So, you know, we've been, uh, we've been practicing every once in a while, you know, it, we're kind of all getting busy again with work, you know, now that places are opening up and um, like all the schools are opening and stuff. So, you know, we've been trying to get together a couple of times, you know, and just work things out. If not, you know, I, we usually just like put ideas up in, in a Google drive folder <laughs> and listen to it and stuff like that. Nice. And is that the way that you've like typically worked or is it kind of like, you know, adapting to the situation? Yeah. I feel like we've been doing a lot more like shit online just because, you know, you know, not being able to go out and shit like that. But uh, you know, it, it just, the writing process for us is really just like, I'll come up with a bare bones idea, kind of just like a rhythm guitar or a lead part and then a melody. And then I'll just bring it to practice when we're all together. And then we kind of just like bounce ideas off each other. Um, it's very collaborative. Like we're very good with, I think like one of the best parts about being in Sunday morning with Dom, Eric and Parker is that they're super open to ideas. Like I said, it's super collaborative, you know, and if someone doesn't like something, they're not afraid to say it, which is cool too. Cause you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be like, Oh yeah, that dude, that's sick. You know, and really you fucking think it sucks. You know, Parker will just straight up tell me that like, dude, that riff sucks. Like, look, I know you can do something better. So we all, we all push each other, which is cool. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's sick that we're all, you know, comfortable with each other, you know, to be able to do that. So mm-hmm. I think that helps a lot too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I always like to kind of like wrap up by, you know, asking for either a piece of advice or kind of something you've been thinking about, whether it's, you know, music or life in general that you just kind of wanted to get off your chest to share. Um, yeah. So like we, we kind of talked about it earlier, you know, like, especially with quarantine and COVID and everything, just like, you know, feeling stagnant you know, like, it's definitely not the best time for mental health. You know what I mean? It's definitely tough. Like, I've talked to people, you know, I've been going through shit. I've definitely been going through shit during this period. But just, you know, trying new things, you know, talking to people, reaching out to people. One of my favorite resources in terms of, like, you know, the broad spectrum of mental health is Hope for the Day. Um, They have a lot of good resources on there just like understanding what mental health is you know like understanding things you should say and shouldn't say um and just it's i think it's a really good uh uh, tool to be able to use and their website's super easy to um in terms of that yeah that's pretty much it and fucking it's a great it's a great time for music too like listen to bands buy their merch and shit it's you know people can't tour people can't play shows so just be super supportive of, of, you know, the local scenes. For sure. Yeah. I think it's been like really exciting to see how kind of like keyed in people have gotten and how much they are ready to just kind of, you know, do what they can as best they can to help these bands, even though, you know, like, especially with the, the lack of touring and everything. Yeah. And, and uh, you get a lot of, I've, I've seen so much cool content from bands. 
you know, like bigger bands making sick content and then just like local bands all over the fucking world. They're just coming up with cool ass shit. You know what I mean? And just <laughs> making do of, of what they have. So that's like super inspiring to see. And, and I feel like music videos are, are like coming back big time because like, you know, can't play a show. So you need some kind of visual like session videos and stuff like that. So, you know, there's ways to support and, and, uh, you know, people are being very adaptive and, and you know, very cool with, with all the content and shit. Super inspiring all around. Another episode of Find the Call in the Bag. Be sure to give Nothing Matters a spin and show Sunday morning some love. In times like these, even something as small as a supportive tweet can mean the world. I'm sure I don't have to tell you, but please wear your mask so we can have concerts back eventually. I'd really love to catch Sunday morning live at some point. Oh, and they just dropped their Nothing Matters merch line two days ago, so be sure to check that out while you're at it. Flying the Call is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. A special thank you as always to The Alternative for helping to promote the show, Kaylin West of Tiny Stills for the theme song, and Michaela Jane Plarimo for the artwork. You can keep up to date by subscribing to the podcast and following the show on Twitter and Instagram at FlyingTheCallPod. Feel free to email any questions, comments, or other feedback to me at FlyingTheCallPod at gmail.com. Until next week, keep on rocking in the free world. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.